Welcome to the Payroll Insights Podcast with me, Steve Bogner, and Nina Scott. In this podcast, we talk about all things payroll, the people, the processes, technology, and compliance aspects. And we hope that we can provide some value to all of our listeners. And we just have fun talking about payroll anyway. So find out more about me at insightcp.com and Nina at omniagp.com. Okay, let's get started. Hey, Nina. Hey, Steve. How are you? Good, good. So today's topic, um, we're going to talk about innovation in payroll. And, um, you know, what does that look like? And how do you get there? How do you innovate? Um, It's it's kind of a tricky subject, I think. We've talked about it a little bit before. Uh, You know, some people say, well, how can payroll innovate? Right, it's just it's such a back office function, and what's innovative about payroll? Well, there can be a lot that's innovative about payroll, and I think that what we want to do here is talk about what does that look like, how do we do it, and and what are you know what, what's some of our advice for getting started on that path? So, um, yeah, you know, to me, Nina, innovation in payroll it it doesn't it doesn't just happen, right? I think you have to sort of um, have a mindset to to innovate. Um, I mean, there are some things that you know are influenced externally, like you know additional electronic reporting for garnishments and for taxes and things like that that the industry does, right? And that you can leverage. But when you're looking to you know how do you innovate in payroll in your internal team, I think that has to be in the you know that has to be part of your plan. It has to be something you consciously do? It has to be orchestrated. I totally agree with you. And this is actually a really timely kind of conversation because you're about to move into your new year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, granted, it's a very busy time for payroll, but it's also a good time to start being thinking in the back of your mind. So we should get through W-2s, right? Get through Mm -hmm. any W-2Cs. And then we should start our plan for the next year, okay? And so as a payroll manager, you need to orchestrate that. You need to have a conscious exercise or deliverable or however you wanna, what Mm -hmm. methodology or framework you wanna put on it um, in order to design what are those innovations in your team or improvements in your team. And I've, you know, done it multiple ways. I know we've done it one way where we did like sticky notes on the walls. We just said everybody mm-hmm. notes and say, what are the things you want to change? And it doesn't matter if it's small or large, because sometimes a lot of the small ones have the most impact or. Yeah, it all or, adds up. Yeah. Right. It adds up over time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Doing that orchestrated plan is very important. And this is a great time of year to be thinking about it. Now you're saying, I'm so busy, I can't think about it. Um, And all it takes at this point in the year is put a meeting schedule on everyone's calendar for April 1st, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Because then you have a line in the sand. That minutes worth of effort deciding who you want to have to have this brainstorming whiteboarding however you want to do it session 
um, takes five minutes of planning. And Good point. Yeah. we talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, but draw the line in the sand. And then you have to work towards it, which is giving you a little bit of, I don't have to think about it now, but it also says, I don't think about it for the first time on April 1st. And by mm -hmm. the time I actually do it, it's now June and we're halfway through the year and we're starting to get ready for summer. And that brings us, ramps us back up into year end. So yeah, so, you know, taking that first little baby step, why you think I couldn't possibly think of another thing right now, only takes five minutes. Yeah, yeah, just get started. And that's, that's what I tell a lot of people. It can be so overwhelming when you look at these things. Just get started, right? And you, you don't have to start with something big. In fact, it's, it's good to start with something small. But, you know, just getting started will, um, hopefully gets you the momentum to, to do some things. Um, you know, when, <clears throat> when I think about innovation, I'm from a technical perspective, I'm looking at how people do the work, right? If I <clears throat> go into a payroll department and I see people downloading lots of information from their payroll and HR and accounting systems, downloading it into Excel or even uh, Microsoft Access, and, smashing it all together and <clears throat> spending a lot of time making reports or doing analysis or, you, you know, even if that's part of your production payroll process. Um, to me, <clears throat> that's a great area for innovation. So <clears throat> it depends on your system, right? On, on how your system is put together and what your reporting capabilities are. But <clears throat> I like to see, um, I like to see people have streamlined processes, right? So if if you think about this process you have of smashing together spreadsheets to produce some analysis or a report, how can I get that out of my system without having to do all of that work, right? Surely there can be a report written to do that. Um, if you have a report writer, you can do that. Maybe someone programs a report for you. Um, and that takes some, some effort, right? But if you can put some one-time effort into developing that, then you reuse it every pay period, every month or whatever, um, that's gonna pay off. And so when what you do then is all this time that you've spent manually producing that report, now that time is freed up, right? Because that's not really value-added activity. Now you can take that time and you can free it up to work on some other innovations. And you know, that's, you, know, you start small, right? And you gain some traction like that. and and once you have that done, you sort of celebrate it, right? Brag about it and get people excited about doing that sort of, of work. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, so that's something that I found that works well. Um, I just, I really don't like this non-value added work, streamline things. To me, innovation is about streamlining, standardizing, simplifying your processes. And you know, from a, from a technical perspective, there's a lot of ways we can do that, but you just have to start, like you said. So, so the thing is, is when I go to somebody and say, "What report do you want me to improve?" They're like, "Oh, this has wow. to be this way because you know it's been this way for a million years." You know, all that yeah. whole story. We've all heard it a million times. So, some some great ways to go after that is, well, let's be honest, we've talked about having our production checklist, having our production checklist. I mean, I think we've harped on that a million times. 
But one thing you can do is you can, you know, a few things you can do. You can go down the production checklist and see which reports or which analysis tasks that you have to perform that you need to do that data manipulation on. Um, and then you can say, well, what is the data manipulation I'm doing? And can I build a report that does that right for me and gives me the answer? So for what example, I'm, uh, for example, if I'm looking for salaries over $5,000, okay, and I run a report of everyone's pay, okay, and then I find I have to, you know, do a vertical lookup to say who's salary versus who's hourly, then I have to filter it for everything over 5,000. Just building a report that says, give me everybody over 5,000 will get you the answer faster. And then you, and then we'll go one step further. What is the five most common answers that you go, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. So for example, the five, you know, I don't make this up, but you know, it's an executive, they're at a certain level. This person gets um, once every month versus getting paid twice a month or something, you know, whatever that is, put that data on the report so it's giving you the answer right away because you still need the you need the question to be whole for your auditor. So it's not like you can just pull them off the report because the auditor wants to see that. But if you're giving the answer, there's no lookup you have to do, and there's no memorization that Bob is the you know the CIO of you know the Western Division or something. You know, put the answer on the report. So it, it is so obvious. And then what you're looking at is truly the true anomalies at that point. But even put in the most common anomalies, put in your bonuses as a column. So you can say, oh, they don't normally get it, but guess what? They got a, you know, that incentive bonus or whatever the heck mm -hmm. it is. But think about those things. So that's one way of going after this. A second way that I've used in the past and people hate this, but it actually does <laughs> produce results, is do a time study. Mm -hmm. Say how long it takes to do each of those tasks on the production checklist and figure out which ones take the most amount of time and then ask those questions. Okay? So it's guiding you from can it be changed? It's just, it's taking that question and the don't play with my toys in my toy box mm -hmm. question mm -hmm. A and giving you which toys we're supposed to go after. Um, mm -hmm. So doing a time study to, to, to um, figure out where is it that I can gain efficiencies. Um, because like you're saying, we're going, we're identifying innovation as attacking efficiency Accuracy, don't forget accuracy in this. We're talking about efficiency in, an, in analytics, but we're also talking about accuracy and control because if the system can more automated do that, you're better off. I mean, I, I hear, I've heard stories about people say, yeah, I miss, you know, that person, they moved the decimal point from $20 to an hour to $2,000 an hour, mm -hmm. you know how that works. Yep. And um, oh, and I, oops, I missed that high dollar payment because manually I was manipulating and I deleted the row. It gets yep. rid of that mm -hmm. human error that can go into it. Yeah. 
Yeah, those are good points. And um, another thing that I look at is paper. I mean, I I really, and especially since, um, you know, COVID has forced a lot more people into remote work. Yeah, so I don't like paper. Um, to me, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for information to get lost. It's a security risk because now I have some sensitive information on paper. And then where am I going to file it? I've got to file it somewhere. And if I have a hybrid uh, workforce or a remote workforce, um, I might have people printing that out at home, right? And doing that stuff at home. And now what do I do? How do I secure all that paper in someone's home office? I don't like all of that. And so to me, any place where you're pushing paper is an opportunity to to modernize and innovate. Um, first of all, is, is, is the paper necessary? I mean, I've seen some processes where there's a, a piece of paper and someone has to sign it. And because at some point an auditor said you have to do that. Well, then things change, right? And processes change and um, it's no longer needed, but we still have the paper because that's what we've always done. So ask, you know, do you even need that? Um, that's you know part of the simplification. Um, but the other thing is, I mean, there will be forms. I mean, there's some you know, paper forms, especially you know from government agencies, tax agencies, things like that that you have that you've got to deal with. So, um, and there are systems where you can sort of digitize those and manage them. And there's also some you know um, agencies, you know, tax agencies and uh, garnishment agencies where. Um, they've gone paperless now. There's more options to go paperless. And, you know, maybe you haven't um, updated that. I know for my business in Ohio, there's a, a tax form that was manual for a long time and I kept doing it manually. And then I found out, oh, I can do that online. All right, I do it online now. So, um, you know, look at those things because eliminating paper is gonna be, um, it's a key thing for how we're gonna work in the future. Um, and it's just a good way to go. It does take some effort though. Um, but, um, you know, if you if you look at your company, there might be other groups that have already sort of come up with a document management system that you can leverage, right? You, you, you probably aren't gonna be the first uh, team to look at this and to have that goal. So, um, you know, leverage other things that, you know, already exist within your company. Cause I bet there are some things. So this is really funny. I'm just like giggling because of the announcements in the news this week about what happened where someone got, um, I guess, ransomware and how it's yeah. actually forcing people to go back to paper. Um, well, yeah, it's been bad. I've had customers impacted. It's been bad. Yeah, it's it's been scary. So I guess to me, my my thought here is not paper as much but always making sure you understand how the system works so that you can go back um, or mm -hmm. quickly course adjust and come up with a plan B in terms of, uh, in terms of, um, you know, how you kind of adjust this. Yeah, yeah, I have some customers going back to paper timesheets. They're trying to get um, punch in and punch out times, you know, independently. And because, yeah, the system went down and that, that particular system will be down for a couple of weeks, it seems. So, 
Um, that's tough. I really feel for the for people impacted by that. Um, yeah, and that's a global outage too. It's not only here in the U.S. It's um, globally. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so with innovation too, um, I think one of the important things is to, uh, you know, we we talked about having a focus on innovation. It can be good to have a person focused on that. You know, you might need some more technical skills to get this done. Um, not necessarily from your IT department, but someone on your payroll team who has some technical skills and can actually sort of work on some projects with the IT team. You might need a technical person like that. So, um, you know, be thinking about maybe retooling your staffing a little bit to bring on someone with a few of those technical skills to help you through. Um, that can be pretty beneficial um, in, in getting things done. That's actually how I got into payroll, Nina. I was one of those technical people hired by the payroll department to work with those darned IT people. Um, that happened, I was going to say many moons ago, but like last year, right? Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. A couple years ago. <laughs> I have a friend that said you hit a certain age and you start counting backwards. It makes you feel better. So, um, anyway, um, I, I agree. Just like we've talked about project people aren't necessarily the same people who are your operational team. Right. There's a mindset yep. and an approach and a willingness to um, to change and see outside the box and think mm -hmm. about things differently and be able to, I, I think you, you even hit a nice, a nice point there. I, I actually been thinking about this week where I've been listening to people and I'm going, I know they know what they're doing, but I have no idea what they're saying, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because they're yeah. unable to communicate mm -hmm. um, a holistic picture of, a, of an issue or a, a methodology or a process or whatever in a way that someone can understand it. It's sort of, I always think of it as like a drive-by shooting because they give you like all this stuff yeah. and it's so random and as the receiver of that information you're trying to connect all those dots and you're just like huh, huh? and huh? after a while you just kind of get this gloss over deer in the headlight look because you're like i had no idea yeah. what they're saying yeah yeah so i really think thinking about who that person is like designating a person but also thinking about do they have the right skill set? Not just longevity is not the skill set that you should be using as their core competency. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, communication <laughs> skills are so important, right? I mean, you know, communication skills are more and more important. I think every year that that we you know go into the future, communication skills will be more important um, because as we sort of eliminate some of this routine work that doesn't add value, we're getting to this higher level work that requires more analysis. And that higher level work also require, requires more communication, I think, right? It's, it's, it's more difficult to, to talk about, okay, how do we integrate electronic withholding orders for garnishments into our system? Yeah, that's, that's a complex topic to talk about. It's a lot more complex than well, here's how I manipulate the spreadsheet so I can do a garnishment upload, right? Two totally different things. And communication is, is really critical and analytical thinking is critical. So, 
Yeah, this it's a lot to it. And and I think it comes back to what you started with, which is, you know, just get started. Um, just get started. Just put something on the calendar. And, you know, you're not going to be perfect and it's not going to be uh, smooth at first. But once you get started and make that part of your your daily or weekly operations, uh, you know, what are we improving? What are we? You know, innovation is is to me kind of a tricky term. I, you know, how are we innovating? Innovating and changing and improving to me, they're all sort of the same thing. Um, you know, innovation means I'm I'm doing something new, right? Doing something differently. And to me, that's just part of the natural process a payroll department should go through on a continuing basis anyway. You know, always be innovating, always be changing, always be improving. I think it's a it's a combination of a series of baby steps. Mm -hmm. I don't think massive bullet. I mean, I think, you know, at times when you change systems, you might have a huge innovation step up, but mm -hmm. ultimately you're doing a lot of the same stuff. Okay. Um, so it's a series of baby steps. And while I agree, it should be weekly or monthly, how we think about this. I also think we should set goals for the year because I think it's very easy to push aside those weekly things. Okay, so I think you need to mm -hmm. set your framework for the year. And let's be honest, we all know we're never going to achieve always what we set out to. So, but if you don't set the framework, you won't achieve it. <laughs> okay, mm -hmm. so the first step is setting that that bar that you are trying to work forward to, and mm -hmm. then setting your weekly or biweekly, you know, kind of milestone or baby steps to get there. Um, mm -hmm. because that's really what the difference is going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to bring up another topic too, that, um, I know some listeners are probably thinking about, um, it's, it's, it's called robotic process automation, RPA. And, you know, there's different software programs out there that companies use to do this, but basically, um, RPA, you, you sort of teach it or you code it, or you give it some steps to do, and it will carry those out. Like, you know, it'll take, uh, you know, download some data into a spreadsheet in a certain format, and then you can kick off an RPA process that massages it, manipulates it, combines it with this and that, and then uploads it into another system. So that's what RPA software does generally, stuff like that. And, you know, I've seen a lot of my customers look into that. And um, honestly, I haven't had customers do much with it. Um, I'm not exactly sure why, you know, they've, they've looked at it and tried to find use cases for it, but they haven't, but I think it's worth, you know, you know, taking a look. So in your company, um, you go to your, you can go to your IT manager probably and, and ask them what RPA tools are available for you. And, um, you know, if, if they have some, they'll know about it. Those RPA tools can be some good sort of bridges on some of these processes, right? Um, it could be that you just need, you need a new system because your system is old and junk or it's been hacked up and it's not uh, very stable or flexible anymore. And so maybe you could use some of these RPA tools to automate some scenarios and do some some cool things um, until you get your new system. So uh, so do that. And, and I guess I would say, you know, if our listeners have any RPA success stories to share, please, please share it, you know. Um, Put it on the um, in LinkedIn where we post the podcast, and 
Uh, I would be really curious to see those because I haven't seen really um, much at all being successful there. I wanted to talk to you about that for a second mm -hmm. because I'm not seeing it either a lot in payroll, but I'm also, I also, when you describe it, I think of tools that I have seen that we don't necessarily think as robotics. You okay. know, like what? You know what I'm like, like a snap logic where they take data, transform it, and put it in an absorbable format that can um, either upload or you know, download to many downstream systems. So I think of that, but I don't think you would actually call those robotics kind of softwares, but it's doing a lot of that transformational. So, you know, where robotics might not be being, you know, prevalently used, I think there's some other transformational tools that are happening that are being used in the industry. And we don't think of that as an automated, um, solution. Does that make yep. sense? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, some people would call um, those things robotic process automation, RPA tools. I think it's a, it's a very broad category and there, it's, you know, when marketing people get a hold of things like that, everything becomes RPA, right? Because now it's RPA and I can sell it for more money. Um, any sorts of tools like that, I mean, look into it and, and do it, but, but also, you know, don't overly rely on those sorts of things. Um, they're sort of bridges. And to me, it, I, I would hesitate to make them a long-term feature of your department because where you have an RPA tool doing something, it means that your, your underlying technology or processes aren't able to get it done. And so if your underlying payroll system can't get it done, um, you might wanna start looking at a new payroll system or uh, put in a permanent programming fix, right? Um, you know, the RPA tools, to me, you know, use them as a, as a short-term sort of uh, bridge to get where you really need to go. Um, yeah, so it's, it's because I, I've, I've seen, um, you know, payroll departments where the technology is all these different things sort of stitched together with some uh, pretty fine thread. And it's, you know, it's, it's really, it's not very reliable and stable. I don't think you want to be there for very long. And I see that a lot in like the time card arena. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where people are trying to come up with ways to like gather data from all different places where they end up creating this access database or this, you know, Excel uploader that they take that one, they band-aid it over here and, you know, yeah. you have to question why are we doing that? Why aren't we using a core tool to do it? And, it? and it breaks my heart when I see that they're skipping the core tools of the system they're actually using and doing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, whoa, what are you guys doing here? And sometimes they don't know that their system can do it. I've come across that before. It's like um, people just don't know. People don't know or have a mental block towards it too. Okay, so don't forget, yeah. payroll people aren't always the most flexible. Just saying, um, <laughs> because that yeah. inflexibility is what makes them so valuable in the payroll arena. But when it comes to innovation, it kind of is a detriment to them. So you got to, you know, it's yeah. kind of a weird 
we want you to be flexible, but we don't want you to be flexible over here. So it's well, yeah, and, and sometimes it's about you know if I give this up, then I, what what will I have to do, right? If I if I don't do this work, then I won't have anything to do, and this is what I do. So I can't give it up because then what am I going to do? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've seen that with with self-service and this is the I guess the the last piece of innovation I was thinking about um, self-service is uh, employee self-service manager self-service it's all um, it's really good I like it a lot because uh, it takes work out of the payroll department and you can still have your controls in place and processes in place so you can still ensure data accuracy and integrity but um, you know get employees and managers to provide the information up front into an automated you know portal or a system themselves and take payroll out of the loop um you know like printing pay statements and sending them out i know that there are some regulations where sometimes you know people have to have access to a printed statement but you know make it the default that people don't get a printed statement and they get it on the self-service uh, web page on the portal and they can look up their pay statement um, instead of making the default to print it and have it available make it a default to not print and only get it by exception yeah in printed form um, i've seen self-services for um, like departments to upload a list of deductions or payments right i love that a you know one for me. yeah what happens a lot is you know let's say the benefits team sends payroll a list of uh, payments to make, right? For wellness payments, maybe, I don't know, whatever it is. And then payroll gets that and they upload it. I've seen people in payroll so afraid to let go of that, you know, I have to upload it because if I, you know, I'll do it right. Well, we can put a system in so that the benefits team can upload it and we'll do verifications on it and validations and we'll notify you when they do it and you know that's going to work but people say well but what if they make a mistake what if they upload something that wasn't right and i'm you know my come back to that is when benefits sends you a spreadsheet to upload how do you know it's right you don't you're taking what they give yeah. you and you're uploading it so you're not adding value to the process and this is one of uh the things that is and i've said it a couple of times already this podcast non-value-added work I, I love to get rid of that and so if you can do that through self-service which a lot of times you can um, it's a good thing to do and the last self-service thing i'll bring up is reporting um, why in payroll am i running a report just to send off to someone else um, most modern payroll systems and reporting uh, systems give people the ability to run the report themselves as they need it and we only give them the report that has the data that they're supposed to get and let them run it, let them do it whenever they need to. And we get payroll out of the process. So, you know, self-service is a huge thing. It does require some technology, um, but most modern payroll systems have that sort of technology there. So to me, the question becomes, can I get the input or output closer to the source? Exactly. Mm -hmm. The underlying question. So, can I get the input of those commissions closer to the source? You know, again, to your point, I never know that commissions 
I don't know if you're supposed to get fifteen dollars. Really right? Agreed. So I think we've, uh, yeah, the viewers can't, listeners can't see it, but my dog is here in the screen. She's saying, <laughs> I, I want to go out, Steve. She says, wow. Steve, you're done. You guys are done. And I think we are. So <laughs> Nina, this has been great as always. Um, you know, hopefully our listeners got some, uh, some good value out of it too. So, um, so, hey, this is year end. So hope, happy year end. Happy year end and I hope everyone has a healthy holidays and a happy new year. Yeah, me too. Um, and don't, don't, uh, you know, don't work too much self care holidays, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and I can, yeah, Nina's laughing. And so I can, uh, can hear our listeners laughing too. It's like, yeah, right, Steve. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, let's, let's get through this and, uh, we'll, we'll get back to you in January. <laughs> 